WEEI Studios. Heard throughout all six New England states. Six New England states. 93.7 WEEI FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. On the power play, David Krejci going into the corner. But, oh, there goes a pane of glass on a gigantic Lugic hit. Mike Van Ryan on the receiving end of that, and that'll make every highlight reel for about a decade. Final minute of overtime, Atkinson struck, it's off Lucic, Milan Lucic with the game on his stick, walks in and scores! Nine points out of ten in the homestand, Lucic is the hero, 3-2 Boston. A leather lung fan, and they have a few in Boston, yelled, we didn't lose to the British, and we're not going to lose to British Columbia. Hansen gave it across with 15 to go. Despite that adversity, they followed their coach to the high road, and the high road is the road to the cup. No icing. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. And they pour on to celebrate with Tim Thomas, their heroic goaltender. One can't help but be positive. The other can't help but be negative. Bleep you, you bleeping bleepity bleep. The only thing they seem to agree on is that they can barely agree on anything. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Andy Hart. Uh, I'm not happy yeah. about this. It's sports radio for the passionate fan. What's up, Nick? And grumpy dad in all of us. That is just so stupid. Fitzy and Hart. Yes, I've been listening, Andy. On Boston Sports Original. I like the way Andy Hart does it. Might have Nick just take over. W-E-E-I. All the garden tingles, all the Bruins feels, all those championship vibes, the big hits coming back to town. Shout out producers Joe Braverman and Stanley Stiz Grimy Bruno for the excellent montage that we open the program with today. Milan Lucic, after an eight-year, well, some may call it a walkabout, others could say sabbatical, after eight years away from the Boston Bruins, re-signs on a one-year deal. He was so excited he ran to the store to go buy a Bruins hat to do his reintroductory video on social media yesterday. But will it be enough to help the beleaguered Bruins, who traded away a key component this week in hopes of perhaps re-signing a midseason acquisition who we learned may actually be pricing himself out of Boston? We will discuss way more hockey uh, than usual uh, Scott McLaughlin will join the program at 10.20 today. Normally he of the Sunday Skate will actually throw a little Sunday Skate into today's Fitzy and Hart radio show. Good morning. How are you? Happy 4th of July weekend, everybody. This is Fitzy and Hart on 93.7 FM, WEEI, WEEI.com, <clears throat> excuse me, and the Odyssey app. Feel free to call in for some two-way sports talk action at any time from 10A to 1230P when we run you right up to the Mass Mutual Red Sox pregame show. Those 10 numbers, as always, lock them in, 617-779-7937. Stanley Stiz, Grimy Bruno, our producer extraordinaire, will be monitoring the text line the best he can. He's partially illiterate, but that's okay. This is radio anyway, at 37937, and the socials at WEEI, at Jumbo Heart, and at Fitzy GFY. Good morning, Andy. How are you? 
Morning, Fitzy. I'm a little surprised. I actually thought I was doing the show with uh, Glenn Ordway this morning. I thought everything in Boston that was good like 10 years ago we were bringing back, so I figured it'd be Ordway, <laughs> Lucci, to talk about the Bruin. Oh, come on. Why am I being negative? Well, the intro said I'm supposed to be negative, so I'm just trying to play my role here. No, I, you know what I'm going to tell you at some Stay point? Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. I'm going to tell you why I'm really disappointed with the Bruins, but uh, it comes due to their own honesty and something that Don Sweeney said that has me... Um, in my, what do they say? In your feelings? In the feels? Are you in your sad? feels right now? A L- little bit, because I think he told you, um, when they tell you who they are, believe them. And I think Don Sweeney told you who he thinks the Bruins are going to be this coming season. And it's not something we should get excited about. Ooh, man, maybe the words of Scott McLaughlin, com webmaster extraordinaire, and our in-house hockey expert who uh, once again will join us at 1020 to discuss the Bruins maybe the words from uh this past Monday when Scott joined us following the Taylor Hall trade are going to ring true that maybe this isn't a contender season they went for it last year now the bill's going to come due I wonder and you can't help but sort of just ask aloud does Luch coming back is that a is that a fan service oriented Let's get get up in those fields. Uh, look who's back, guys! Hey, did you haven't you guys all missed Luch? Hey, he's back. Or is it the requisite toughness that a guy like him, the, that a guy like him brings? Andy, is this an admission that they needed this so badly? He comes in, brings a little bit of that back. Likely lose. I mean, there's so many different ways you can look at it as well. But uh, we'll parse over that with Scott in just a couple minutes' time. Andy, as always, yeah. when we do the Sunday Fitzy and Hart program. We like to begin, or our kickoff, as always, is uh, one of everyone's favorite segments. Um, I was just doing some research before the program. It's uh, considered maybe the second fastest growing segment in all of Boston sports radio, just behind Grab Bag on the Rich Keefe Show. And that would be how we start each and every Sunday's program with who won the week. So, Andy Hart, I ask you, in the wide world of Boston sports, who do you believe won the week? I am going to go with the Boston Celtics, and for a couple different reasons. One, as we have discussed um, over the last, whatever, week, two weeks, in everything that transpired with the Marcus Smart trade, that AKA was originally known as the Malcolm Brogdon trade, Mm -hmm. Brogdon's role, health, uh, status moving forward was a key in my mind to the Boston Celtics moving forward, and there seems to be quite a bit of optimism that not only is he going to be healthy, but he's going to be a healthy member of your Boston Celtics, you marry that up with the fact that they extend Kristaps Porzingis at a deal that is a little bit lower um, than I think some people projected and expected, and now Mm -hmm. we're going down the road of the expectation that, okay, we're going to get this Jalen Brown deal done. Um, I am really, really excited for Celtics season. I wore my Shaq jersey on the beach yesterday. Somebody was like, hey, Celtics, yeah, they were disappointing, but this year could be better. That's exactly what I think the tone should be with green teamers. Things are looking up in Boston, at least for the Celtics. Is that exactly how, first, there's a lot to unpack just in the final couple sentences there. Number one, (laughs) you own a Shaq Celtics jersey? Yeah, you didn't know this? Oh, my God, that is. I wear it everywhere. It's my favorite beach shirt. Oh, and of course, just so you can have the gun, suns out, guns out. I mean, that may be. Stiz, it, where would you put that on a scale of uh, 1 to 10 on the Hardo scale? Strong 7, I'd say, Nick, no? I'd say at least a 7, Yeah, right? at least. I Strong prefer seven. when it's me, the Hardo scale. 
Oh, oh, I see what you did there, Andy. <laughs> Would you cut his mic off just for like... Oh, I'll leave if you want me to. I, don't, I got, no, no, I I got 40 pounds of clams I got to prep, so anytime you want me out of here, I'll go prep clams. I, and listen, you don't need... Yeah, by the way, I love that you always bust my chops like, oh, must be nice, Fitzy. Well, enjoying your Cape Cod uh, summer residence, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, this guy's like, yeah, can't wait to finish the show because I just... I could afford to go buy 40 pounds of clams so I could have no, a no, clam no, no, bake no. to... No, I pulled a true Fitzy. What'd you do? You know how much those clams cost me? How much? Zero point zero. Free ninety nine. Wait, hold on. Free exactly. Uh, Andy, I got a guy who's got a guy. Steal? Andy, did you? Are you admitting to stealing forty pounds of clams nope. on public <laughs> airwaves right now? I got a guy who got a guy, and he hooked me up. I showed up at the door I was supposed to knock on at eight a.m. this morning in New Bedford, down in the docks. <laughs> um, and Andy, forty pounds of clams were in the back of my truck shortly thereafter. Uh, I've got a pretty strong constitution and an iron stomach. I don't know if free clams, where you knock on a door and a guy who knows a guy, don't question. Just watch it. out. I'm sure the boiling will cure everything out of them. It, pro- it probably will as well. Few better ways by the coast to kick off the 4th of July celebration than a good old-fashioned clam bake. Good for you. That sounds Can't like it's going to be an absolute blast. Um, I'm, I'm with you also. And anyway, that's a, at least a strong seven on the Harto or Hardo scale, the Shaq, the Shaq jersey as well. And I like the fact that the guy shouts you out and goes in one long run-on sentence, hey, Celtics, yeah, last season was kind of disappointing, but I'm looking forward to it more this year. Yep. There could be that's some perfect. Ex- there could be some expositional manipulation for the benefit of the story, but I actually kind of feel like somebody would. And if I saw somebody going suns out, guns out, in a Shaq Celtics jersey on the beach, I may say the same thing along with, and where the hell did you find that jersey? Well, the best part is a lot of people, number 36, are like, when they see the front, Marcus Smart. They think mm-hmm. Marcus Smart. And then I'm like, nope, no Marcus Smart. I'm button-hooking you. See what it says? O'Neal, Shaq yeah. attack. What a memorable they're like, wait, he played was. for the Celtics? Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't remember <laughs> no, that? No, not really. <laughs> thoroughly engaging half season as well. Um I got to tell you, I uh, the Red Sox did not win the week uh, because it was such an up and down week. The Red Sox roller coaster continues. Well, you could maybe say some members of the Red Sox could have been in contention for who won the week, like Brian Bayo, who just continues to be an absolute hoss and a stud and a building block. And uh, if there is such a thing as must listen or appointment Red Sox radio and TV right now, it has to be Baby Pedro, who has just been tremendous each and every time he takes the hill. His confidence is growing. Uh, he's he's becoming almost a little bit of a show as well, too. Like, you 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 look at him and the fastball and the changeup and his moves, it really does look like an incarnation or like a, a redux of Pedro Martinez on the mound, and it's awesome. James Paxton has been great. Uh, just an absolute rock in the rotation. I wouldn't get too comfortable. I wouldn't necessarily pay my rent or my Airbnb past August, James, because it's probably a very good chance if the Red Sox continue along this path that he gets traded away. The Patriots didn't do anything to distinguish themselves this week. The Bruins, uh, sadly, more loss than acquisition at this point. Again, we'll talk about the Bruins in just a few minutes with Scott McLaughlin from Skate Pod and Sunday Skate. Uh, I got to agree with you. I think it was the Celtics. Now, I would like to also shout out the Free Jacks. Uh, I went to Veterans Memorial Field yesterday in beautiful Quincy, Massachusetts, and saw the Free Jacks defeat Old Glory DC 25-7. to Free Jacks are becoming a scene and a feel, and that is an absolutely great take. I brought my six-year-old yesterday. That was his first experience with rugby. He got a ball. He got to chant huzzah when the Free Jacks had successful tries. I'm so that excited word? that the South Shore huzzah? has real. What's that? What's his, what's his ah? Huzzah. 
huzzah. That's the big thing. There's a guy that has a big huzzah sign, and every time they have a successful try, the entire stadium goes huzzah. It's a, it's a whole huzzah! thing. you got to come down and check. <laughs> Not like that, but <laughs> anyway, uh, good for them. They're on their way to the Major League Rugby Championship next Sunday in Chicago. Uh, had a chance to meet and talk with uh, Patrick Chung yesterday. He was down there doing the fan service, since he's a part owner of the team as well. Uh, congrats to the Free Jacks. That was absolutely awesome. But the Celtics are the winners of the week by far. Abs- absolutely. And uh, we'll discuss later just how absolutely uh, bat-blank crazy the NBA free agency start has gotten. There's a link on NBA.com where you can just sort of keep track of everything that's happened over the first 48 hours of free agency. It's bananas. And the money that is being thrown around right now, Andy, is outrageous. When a guy like Max Struess gets a four-year, $63 million deal, there's 16 to $52 million deals just being handed out left and right like, uh, you know, uh, free ca- candy, COVID masks back in the day. I, I don't know. Like, uh, it's it's bananas. I can't – I don't even – where all this money is coming from and the way people are spending it. And the fact – that the Celtics not only get a hungry and motivated, happy and focused Kristaps Porzingis, who's excited to play in Boston, who's excited to hopefully both lessen the load on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and help the team offensively live up to its potential, uh, and they extend him for only $30 million a season compared to the crazy money that some of these other guys are getting everywhere. I mean, Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet goes to Houston. Did you see how much money he got? Way Three too years. much. Three years, $130 million. He's going to be getting $43 and a third million dollars to go play with Ime Udoka's Houston Rockets. That is, I mean, I understand he's an NBA champion and he's a good and he's a good basketball player. Is he a $43 million a year good basketball player? I don't know. So I feel like the Celtics, they signed O'Shea Brissett, who's a hustler, played well against them a couple times before. That's a good, uh, not really an offensive spark plug, more like a good defensive addition if he can actually make the Celtics bench as well. They lose out on Patrick Beverly, who goes on a one-year deal to the Sixers. But all in all, I think we had a uh, a validating week, if you will, Andy. Last Sunday, we said that it was Joe Missoula, who on the Celtics is under the most pressure to perform this season. I'll buy in on that as well. But now that they bring Porzingis into the fold and we see how excited and how ready he is to make a difference on the team, uh, you can't help but think that they were probably the biggest winners of the week. And imagine a world where a guy who I think most people believe universally will be the third best player on your basketball team, or hopefully will be the third best player on your basketball team, you get him for $30 million a year, and you're like, oh, what a deal. Good deal. I expected it to be higher than that. $30 million a year for your third best player. Mama, raise your kids to be NBA players if you can. Hang them upside down, stretch them out, put a ball in their hands early, and get them out there. Because I don't know if you've seen a lot of these comps that are going around where – the most guaranteed money in the history of the NFL is Deshaun Watson at like $230 million. No one else yeah. has ever gotten more than $200 million guaranteed. And in the NBA, they hand out those things like candy. It was, uh, I believe it was Bain for, uh, now is not mm-hmm. the time for contracts, Doctor. That comes later. Uh, Bain in Memphis, who got $207 million guaranteed. Yeah, it's just the money that goes around that league. And it's also, you know, obviously there's reasons for it. They They have a... 12 to 15 man payroll instead of a 55 to 65 man payroll and the different things that go into it but it really is nuts when you find out what some of these bench players role players second tier stars third tier stars can haul in in the nba but whatever good for uh, them memphis grizzlies guard desmond bain 
five-year, $207 million max contract. Unbelievable. Yeah, and he's a uh, 32 minutes a game, 21.5 points, 41% from three-point range, five rebounds, four assists, one steal a game. Seems like a guy most fans could not name. Couldn't name if they had to. It took me a second to even remember his first name. Yep. Unbelievable. Must be nice. I put a rugby ball in young Sawyer's hands as we left Veterans Memorial Field yesterday, and I think I need to swap that out for a basketball. Yes. I wouldn't go the rugby route. I'm not sure there's much money, longevity, or uh, no, good health in that world. <laughs> no, it's a good sport. It's it's your kind of sport. Big big dudes, quality contact, and, of course, it always ends in a cold beverage and camaraderie. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. If you would like to join the two-way sports talk party at any time, Scott McLaughlin from Sunday Skate, the skate pod, and weei.com joins us in just a couple to go over all things Bruins in a wild week for the black and gold. But first, the award-winning and always accurate Stanley Stiz Grimy Bruno is trending now. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Sweens called me and he said he was interested in having me back and he asked me if I had any interest in coming back and you know it's a place that's you know close and dear to my heart and having the opportunity to come back I mean you can see the smile on my face right now you know it's you know it feels like I'm going home. That's right Bruins favorite Milan Lucic is headed back to Boston. We knew the bees would be looking for some bargain deals and that's exactly what GM Don Sweeney did yesterday. The aforementioned Lucic is back on a one-year deal worth one million dollars veteran forward james van reamsdyke is also on a one-year one million dollar deal as is stanley cup winning defenseman kevin shattenkirk the bees also added morgan geeky and patrick brown on nhl deals up front and while they added to the team they also lost two faces on the blue line connor clifton and dimitri orlov gm don sweeney spoke with the media and said it's all but written in stone that the team will not sign tyler bertuzzi either Kristaps Porzingis has agreed to a two-year, $60 million extension with the Celtics. Earlier this month, Porzingis picked up his $36 million player option for next season in order to facilitate his trade to the Celtics. And this extension, which kicks in next summer, will keep Porzingis in Boston until 2026. The Red Sox will be looking for their seventh consecutive win over the Toronto Blue Jays this season when the teams conclude their three-game series later this afternoon. The visiting Sox held on to defeat the Blue Jays 7-6 yesterday afternoon after Toronto's Beau Bichette was thrown out at home to end the game. Garrett Whitlock will get the start today, first pitch at 137. Don't forget you can hear all the action right here on the Shaw's and Star Market WEI Red Sox Network. Shaw's perfecting the art of fresh. And Rob Bradford will get you game ready starting at 1237 with the Mass Mutual pregame show. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Search and browse more privately. Download the free DuckDuckGo. This stupid station. Boston. Top 10 market. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Now, we're right back to it. Bitsy and Hart on WEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. WEI, the only radio station to play Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA this weekend. How many times do you think how many times do you think this song is going to get played over the next couple of days, Andy? And how much money does he make every time we do it? I know. Must be nice. Must be nice, huh? Residuals. Must be nice to be the boss. And of course, 
We play Born in the USA on the eve, eve of America's birthday, and now we talk about the national sport of Canada. Joining us on the hotline right now, the Harbor One hotline, to talk all things Bruins, catch us up to date on the signings and departures in what has been a wild week for the black and gold from WEEI.com, the Sunday Skate Radio Program, and of course, the Skate Pod, which is available at WEEI.com, the Odyssey app, and wherever awesome hockey podcasts can be found. Our friend and yours, follow him on the socials at McLaughlin 9 Scott McLaughlin in the house. What up, Scott? What's up, guys? And yesterday was Canada Day, so we can celebrate that, too. Oh, that's <laughs> a huge day. And Canada continues to give us gifts, like ice hockey and uh, Bruins News, some great players coming home, and, of course, wildfire smoke in Chicago. Uh, and Europe now as well, too, which is interesting. Um, Scott, what the heck? Um, I think before we get into – well, let's let's – go with the down the Milan Lucic road first we talked about it on Monday when you joined us on the Rich Keith program um Monday night uh on the eve or rather just after the Taylor Hall news broke and we talked about the possibility of Lucic coming back um do you think this is an honest to goodness hockey move or is this more sort of a eh we're gonna lose Krejci we're probably gonna lose Bergeron we need some leadership uh bright, shiny, uh, blast-from-the-past object over here, kind of a fan service move in advance of what may be a potentially rockier season than some people are prepared for? I think it's a little bit of all the above. Uh, There is definitely the leadership aspect of Lucic being an older guy who's been here, who knows what it means to be a Bruin, who loves being a Bruin. Uh, Yeah, cynically, like there could be the fan aspect of you know, they, they want something that's going to draw people's attention in their 100th season. And if, you know, Krejci probably is gone, and if you lose Bergeron as well, like suddenly it's, okay, what are people getting excited about? Well, here's Milan Lucci's fan favorite. Uh, there are also hockey reasons for the move. And, you know, they lose Nick Foligno, so you're looking for kind of, you know, another veteran physical guy who can play on your fourth line and, you know, give you 10 to 12 minutes a night, be physical. Lucic can, can still fight. Uh, two, two seasons ago, he had seven fights, which was among the league leaders, um, and is obviously actually good at it, not just, you know, swinging wildly. So I, I think all of that factors in, um, and it's cheap, right? It's, it's $1 million, potentially up to another 500000 in, in performance bonuses, but very little risk there, you know, even if it ends up in a situation where he's in and out of the lineup or he's not a full-time player, it's not like they've invested any real money in that spot. So, Scott, uh, reading on WEEI.com from a tremendous Bruins writer, there was a comment from Don Sweeney about uh, Morgan Geeky and his signing and his role that um, kind of, I don't know if it bothered me. I, I guess I should appreciate the honesty, but when talking about Geeky, he said, he played just over 10 minutes on a really good Seattle team. Could he get into an elevated position and produce more? So you're telling me the Boston Bruins, who were the greatest hockey team in regular season history, he's looking at another team from last year and saying they were good and this guy didn't play for them, but hey, he can come here and play for us now because we're not really that good. Um, am I reading too much into that? No, I think you're uh, kind of on the right track there. Um you know, in, in his defense, Seattle was a really good team. They were actually 1-2 and two with the Bruins and 5-on-5 five five scoring all year. Uh, so that was a deep forward group. And there, there's an upside bet here because Morgan Geeky did score a lot in juniors. He scored in the AHL coming up. 
and he kind of got buried on a couple deep teams in Carolina and Seattle where he just became more of a fourth liner. Um, if you look at like rate stats, like five on five scoring per 60 minutes, he actually looks pretty good. He was 10th among all forwards last year in assists per 60 minutes. Now that could be a set, you know, obviously a factor there is he's probably facing weaker competition playing on a fourth line. So if you move him up against tougher competition, is he going to struggle? That That's what they're going to find out. Again, there's, the Bruins had to do some some bargain shopping. They had to look for potential deals, so they get some veterans for a million dollars, and then they take a chance on Geeky, who's 24, going on 25, maybe still some upside there, and you know you you see if he can step into a third line role and, and be good there, and potentially even have more than that. But I think that's where they envision him to start as kind of third liner, either center or wing, and and you know see what he can do. He has. He has some good skills. Like he, he has size. He's he's a good four checker. He has a good shot. So um, it's a bet, but these are the kind of bets that you know they have to make because they're just so tight to the cap. Scott McLaughlin from weei.com and the Skate Pod joins Fitzy and Hart via the Harbor One Hotline. Scott, is this going to be the approach basically moving forward? Before we get into what was kind of a jaw dropper last night uh, regarding Tyler Bertuzzi or uh, whenever that news broke yesterday, um, is this basically just going to have to be the approach? Like, we're going to see more bargain shopping and, you know, lower-priced veterans, flyers on younger guys like Geeky, like Van Riemsdyk, like Shattenkirk, uh, Luch coming in, obviously, for a million, up to a million and a half. Like, is is this what we're going to see in the in the face of guys like Orloff leaving? Uh, it was only a two-year deal, but it was $16 million, $8 million per season. It seems like they're just going to have to go with the bargain basement flyer approach and add that to the tent poles of the roster. And what kind of team is that ultimately going to make? Yeah, for for this year, it, it does kind of have to be the approach because because they went all in because they left themselves um, really tied up against it. They had you know the full four and a half million in bonuses from Bergeron and Krejci carry over and now work against them. The cap only went up by one million dollars, so they got no. Uh, you know, no grace there. Uh, yeah, that they have for one year. They basically have to kind of piece it together, find some misfits, fill it in, and then next year the cap goes up more. It's going to go up by probably about five or six million dollars. They're going to have a lot more cap space. You know, a lot of these are one-year deals, so they're not setting themselves back at all as they look towards next year, but. Yeah, for one year, it's going to just kind of be taking a bunch of pieces and gluing them together and hope you somehow end up with a, with a complete puzzle. Um, it's it's a tough way to go. Like it, You need a lot to go right if that kind of team's going to make any noise, but you know they're going to see what they have. Uh, it, it, didn't, it wouldn't have done them a whole lot of good to just completely tear it down because they don't have a first, second, or third-round pick next year. So what would be the point? of, you know, missing the playoffs or playing for a pick that you don't have. So they're trying to remain competitive. They're trying to still be a playoff team. And they can always, you know, reevaluate where they are as they get towards the trade deadline and either go out and add to, to a team and try to make a real go for it. Or if it, if it hasn't worked and things just aren't clicking, maybe they have some pieces that are of value to other teams that they can move and maybe get some draft picks back. 
Scott, when you were on the uh, award-winning first hour of the Rich Keefe show last Monday night with Fitzy and Hart. Uh, Ratings we were blockbuster, just, by the way. Huge. Huge. Um, hey, guys. We were talking about the Hall trade, obviously, a salary dump. And we sort of referenced that maybe that was the dump. But there's also sort of this lingering idea. Could they make another trade if they needed money, wanted money? I know a lot of people have talked about Allmark or Grizzlick. Do you think they are done with the trading aspect of cap manipulation for the offseason? I think they're going to keep looking, but as it stands right now, it doesn't seem especially likely because now you've gone into free agency and teams have filled a lot of a lot of their holes as best as they can. And so if there was a team that was looking for a goalie, maybe they've, you know, gone out and signed a, a cheaper veteran. Um, if they were looking for a defenseman, maybe they went out and signed one yesterday. So the options are are getting fewer and fewer, and I'm not sure there were really any great options to start. There just haven't been a lot of trades across the league right now. Um, you know, I think there's – but there, there are still some options. Calgary is still an interesting team to watch. They still have some pieces that it doesn't look like they're going to re-sign or, you know, might not want to stay there that they could look into moving, including – a couple centers in Elias Lindholm and uh, Mikhail Backlund. Winnipeg is still, they, they still have Mark Scheifele, they still have Connor Hellebuck, who were both rumored to be on the trading block, and now yesterday their GM's talking like they're keeping both of them. So that would seem to suggest that they didn't find a good trade market either. And I think that seems to be a theme across the league right now is teams just aren't willing to part with much in trades uh, because everyone's kind of dealing with this, with this cap crunch and no one wants to just take on, uh, you know, even like a decent sized contract um, without give you know, including like their own contract dumps in it. Yeah. And Scott, when we talked about Taylor Hall being traded, which was, you know, a salary dump for two young defensemen, uh, you know, and, and, and Felino goes along with him as well. Now he signed a one year deal, I believe with Chicago for 4 million. Um, and Taylor Hall is inked up with them for a little while to come. That was the salary dump, and we all thought, okay, well, that's obviously to make to make room for Bertuzzi. And then you find out yesterday, Don Sweeney says the uh, if the door is closed on the 28-year-old winger coming back, quote, yeah, in all likelihood, yes. Um, I was a little stunned, honestly. I mean, I thought that was the whole entire idea, clear as much space. And if there was anyone that they acquired midseason from Hathaway to Orloff to Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi would be the target Uh is Bertuzzi pricing himself out now? Are the Bruins just not as interested as they were? Don't they have the money? And if it meant moving Allmark, do you think that would be a smart move to retain Bertuzzi, then trust Swayman as the number one goalie, um, and bring up Bussy or sign uh, a veteran to back up Swayman this year in hopes of keeping Bertuzzi? Yeah, I think there, there's definitely interest in keeping Bertuzzi. Um, I don't I, – I, we did all think, yes, dumping – Taylor Hall meant that you're now going to turn around and give that money to Bertuzzi. That, that's what I thought. Um, but I think they also need to move out someone else, you know, if they're still going to be able to field a full roster um, and, and be competitive and not just try to plug in, like, six AHL guys on their third and fourth lines. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they could have traded Allmark at some point or Grizzly at some point and, those could potentially still be in play, but I think the Bruins didn't find a market, didn't find a deal that made sense. Um, I think they're of the belief that Bertuzzi's going to get 
more years and money than, than where they were willing to go. And, you know, we'll see. He, he obviously didn't sign on, on day one. It looks like that's going to carry at least into Sunday. So we'll see what that deal actually ends up looking like. But, you know, I think they made the calculation of he's probably out of their price range. They're going to move on and, and look for other options. You know, you see them sign James Van Riemsdyk. And Van Riemsdyk at this point in his career isn't as good as Tyler Bertuzzi, but there's like some similar attributes there in terms of the way that they play, the way that they get to dirty areas. They can play net front on the power play. And Van Riemsdyk's coming off a bit of a down year, but did just have 24 goals two years ago. So, you know, they're going cheaper and older and hoping that they can kind of capture some lightning in a bottle and get, you know, the JVR of a couple years ago, you know, have him show up again. And then at least you've got something that's, you know, a rough approximation of poor man's version of what you would get with Bertuzzi for $5 million a year less. I know it's early, still very early, and you referenced in one of the stories I read about you know the two-way contracts and guys fighting for spots and filling out the depth. Um, Fitzy just referenced maybe some young players coming up. Who are a couple guys that you think maybe could positive, on the positive side of things, surprise and names maybe casual fans aren't familiar with but could play bigger and more impressive roles this year? Well, for young guys trying to crack the team, I think Georgi Merkulov is, is an interesting one. He had a really good first pro season in Providence, uh, can play center or wing, so he'll be a guy who pushes. I know, you know, people want me to say Fabian Lysel here. We'll see how his summer goes. I think he could definitely use more work in the minors, especially when it comes to getting stronger uh, with the puck and not getting knocked off the puck. So we'll see. Maybe he you know, maybe he has a really good summer and he comes in in, in September and he, and he pushes for a job. Um, you know, Mark McLaughlin, Oscar Steen, those are guys, Johnny Beecher potentially lower in the lineup pushing for, for fourth-line jobs. And then I think, uh, you know, Geeky's one that, again, they are going to probably give him more minutes than he got in Seattle. So we'll see if there's more offense there. Uh, Trent Frederick potentially is going to move to center, which – it's his natural position, but he's played almost exclusively wing with the Bruins other than a few games here and there. So, you know, you see if he can run with that third-line center job if Charlie Coyle is going to have to move up in the lineup. Um, so forward's really a spot where they're going to have to have some guys who are, you know, play above where they're projected right now because you look at this roster right now, and, like, I, I laid out the depth chart, and it's like, the second line looks like a third line. The third line looks like a fourth line. So if that's going to work, you need guys to play above uh, what we think they might be capable of right now. So, you know, I think Frederick, Geeky, if a Merkulov or Lysel can push, those are guys with, with offense to their games who, you know, if things go well, can potentially push into uh, a middle six role and not, not just a fourth line job. Fare thee well to Dmitry Orloff, now with the Hurricanes. Garnet Hathaway, now with the Flyers. Connor Clifton signs a three-year deal with the Sabres. Of course, Taylor Hall traded earlier in the week along with Folino. And welcome Brown, Shattenkirk, Megna Toporowski. Is that Toporowski or Toporowski? Toporowski. The old Toporowski. Geeky as well. And I also just took a look... at uh, Fabian Lizell, who's only 20 now, Scott. Um, yeah. He's like, looks like, he looks like uh, that superhero from the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Like, he's a, 
He's a he's a pretty boy. Do you think there's any chance he'll come up this year? Uh, there's there's a chance, but again, he's gonna he has to get stronger this summer. And yep. um, you know, he he got off to a really strong start in Providence last year, and then had a pretty disappointing World Junior Championship. Was actually held scoreless for the tournament, mm-hmm. and then kind of had a tough second half in Providence. And I don't know if that was injuries or he just kind of wore down as the season went on. But like that's that's a little bit of a concern. You don't love seeing that. So, um, you know, he's got to get to a point where he can hold up for for an entire season and, and be stronger on pucks. The, the offensive skill is there. Like, he's he's a really high-end skill player. He's a great skater. Yep. So that translates, but it's it's everything else that you need to hold up to an NHL schedule. Yeah, and lastly, uh, I know we talked about it a little bit on Monday. You were asked about it when you appeared on Gresham Fourier this week as well. It's probably the question you get the most whenever someone wants to talk personally on uh, on a personal level and ask you about hockey-related questions. Uh, where are you now? I think you were like 51% maybe. Berge comes back, 49% retires. A couple days later, um, have you and your thoughts on that shifted one direction or the other? Uh, I've shifted a little more towards him retiring. Oh, I'm probably God. probably sixty forty. He retires now, um, and then basing that off, Cam Neely saying that they have to plan as if he's not coming back. Uh, I know, you know, last year we didn't find out that the deal wasn't finalized until August. Mm-hmm. But there were clues now at this point in the summer that he was coming back. And Neely and Sweeney had made comments at this time last year about, you know, we're optimistic. He's given us positive indications. Like, that they were wording things in a way that made you think, like, okay, he's probably coming back. And now this year we hear, well, you know, we have to plan like he's not coming back. Uh, you know, we'll see. Sweeney yesterday says, you know, Cross, cross my fingers like that it's not as optimistic um but it, i'm not closing the door completely because we also haven't heard that like he's definitely retiring or anything like that so you know i could see him taking more time and maybe in another few weeks he decides you know what I, i'm i'm not done yet i do still have that itch and i want to play um but the fact that he hasn't made a decision yet and didn't give them a clear answer before free agency started is is a little concerning because that that is different than last year. Yeah, and you wonder if he wouldn't want to maybe play one more season with his buddy Luch. He's fresh off his sixth Selkie. Obviously, he can still bring it at a very high level. We all hope he comes back for one more season, but at the same time, he's given so much to the game, has a child on the way, so his priorities could be in a bunch of different places. Uh, we will follow you for all the latest updates and info once again on the socials at McLaughlin 9 Scott, thanks again for joining us on Monday for the Power Hour on the Rich Keefe Show off the Taylor Hall trade and for jumping in today for uh, a mini Sunday skate as part of the Fitzy and Hart Show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Great to have He's you, got- Scott. Thanks so much. Scott McLaughlin from WEI.com and the Skate Pod joining us on the Harbor One Hotline to fill us full of news, info, and knowledge regarding the Boston Bruins. Jeez, Andy. Um, I'm not so sure I'd get so fired up about maybe the Bruins having a duck boat parade next June. Nope. I, uh, As I said, I think when your GM says, yeah, we got a guy who was stuck behind a lot of talent on a good team, 
oh, so he's not stuck behind talent on a not good team anymore. And then just to back up Scott's um, sort of the crumbs on the Patrice Bergeron thing, I thought yesterday when Lucic said, obviously you lose a lot with the guys that aren't coming back. Guys, um, feels like maybe he knows that Krejci and Bergeron are out the door and he's going to be a veteran presence to be leaned upon. Yeah, that's, oh boy. Yeah, I, I just hope, I really just hope uh, Milan Lucic signing here was not a hey look remember the good old days uh, bright shine bright bright shiny object over here hmm. um, oh and it was Adam Warlock is the character that I was trying to think of from Guardians of the Galaxy three who Fabian Lizell is a dead ringer for somewhere Rich Keefe is smiling because I was able to tie in Guardians of the Galaxy and hockey on FM and Sports geeky Radio. we talked and, geeky and we got we had geeky, geeky talk well. how about that uh, lot. <laughs> Long may he reign, Toporowski. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. Some Celtics coming up, of course, some six rings action as we check in on everything going on in the wide world of Foxborough. But when we come back, a quick peek in once again to the Red Sox roller coaster. Andy, we're out, then we're back in, then we're out. Are we back in again? We'll discuss when Fitzy and Hart returns here on WEI. WEI. We are right back to Fitzy and Hart. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Who do you to go, boy? The 0-2 pitch. Swinging a ground ball into right field, a base hit. Springer has scored. Bichette will be held. Verdugo's throw comes home. The tag out at the plate, and the Red Sox win it 7-6. He ran through the stop sign, and he paid an enormous price. What a throw from Verdugo, and somehow the Red Sox hang on and win the first two in Toronto. Our friend Will Fleming last night on the call on the Red Sox radio network heard here on 93.7 FM. The Red Sox, 7-6 winners on a Saturday afternoon in Toronto. They win the first two, so they have taken the series. They got one more game to go. First pitch today, 137, I believe, up in Toronto here on the Shaw's Red Sox Radio Network. Our guy Bradfo will bring you the Mass Mutual pregame show at 1237 following today's Fitzy and Hart program. Andy, it is such a roller coaster ride. But first, real quick, fun text that just came in. Uh, a text in the 518. Hey, Fitzy, can you ask Andy Hart who was the leading rusher on the Patriots the last time Milan Lucic played for the Bruins? Ooh, a fun so little fun little trivia question. What's that? I whiffed like on it. Eight years ago, we're in 2015. Stephen Ridley. So, um, Luch left at the end of the 2014-2015 season, so the last Patriots season would have been 2014. The leading rusher on the Patriots that year? Jonas Gray. 412 yards. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. You know oh, how that season game. ended? How did that season end? What year was this? 15? 2014. 2014 Super Bowl. That was the loss. That was Bill O'Brien leaving, right? No, that was Bill O'Brien's last game. No, Bill O'Brien's last game was the was Super Bowl 46. Super Bowl 49. Josh oh, was back in the fold. They beat yeah, yeah, the Seahawks. Yeah. Malcolm Butler, remember? Best Super Bowl I've ever seen. Probably the best Super Bowl of all time as well. Good text. We love trivia questions on the three seven. Jonas Gray led them in rushing. Yeah, mostly four hundred yards game. No, one game in Indy with 200 and whatever yards, and then he overslept and was never seen again. Yeah, and now back in the fold as well, uh, running his own performance clinic. He's uh, seen around the stadium as well. Good to see him back 
wow. with the Pats as well. Wonder if they'll re-sign him a la Lucic this season. Just <laughs> Nah, let's bring back uh, Sam Bam Cunningham if we're exactly. going to go Bruin style. <laughs> Craig James. Nope, he's been uh, canceled. So, yeah, uh, the Red Sox. I mean, you know, yeah. r- rough week. Uh, can't get out of their own way once again. Uh, just defensive miscues up the wazoo. Terrible quality of baseball. 40 and 40. Then they go down to 40 and 42. Now you go go up to Toronto. And I understand that the Blue Jays are also underperforming wildly as well. But then you take the first two games up there. Uh, and, you know, the Kenley, Jan- Kenley Jansen was lights out to start the season. Now he's become one of those, like like a rumble seat. Like every time he takes the mound now, it's like, all right, everybody. If It's like if you purchased Craig Kimbrell on Amazon at the 2018 season, may we also recommend 2023 Kenley Jansen. I swear. I, I I never can figure out just I think we've gone through it a million times on this show, wherever else we filled in on the Breaking Boston podcast and beyond every single time we say, OK, fine, that's it. I want you guys to buy, buy, go for it, make the playoffs. Then they'll lose three games in a row and they'll play so badly. You would think maybe the Woo Sox would play better defense. And then when you're out on them, they go up to Toronto and they win a couple of games. And now you're thinking, all right, maybe you guys now I should invest just the same way you guys should. I mean, is it going to be this way the whole season and we should just just give in to what this ride is going to be? Yeah, yeah. They're, I believe they're now 21-21 and 21 at home, 21-21 on the road. They are just a middling, Couldn't mediocre be more 500. Right. Holy like, smokes. They're perfect. And only get there because they own the Blue Jays. I think they're now 6-0 and against the Blue Jays uh, this season. But have you noticed... One thing has developed with your Boston Red Sox that is a Celtics-like telltale statistic. Did you see they are now 37? They beat 37... good teams and they stink against bad teams. Nope, nope. Okay. Now 37-13 and 13 when they score four or more runs. Very simple. Score four runs, you win. You're kidding. I what a believe that's the number. I believe it's 37-13 and 13 when they score four or more. So, hey, how about you score some runs and we'll win? It seems what easy. Nice little stat old Clambake Andy brought to the program this morning. So the so the new as long as they as long as they don't turn it over sixteen times and shoot forty percent or more from three for the Red Sox is score four or more runs and they're thirty seven and thirteen. Yep, and that's a damn good record. That's a you're that a contender is. kind of record. Now, obviously, it's not doable because they are what they are. They're a middle of the road baseball team. That's five hundred. But um, you know, we've talked a lot about the ebbs and flows of the pitching this year and everything that's gone. You know, there with Sale and Paxton and and all of that. And really, if you can get Devers and Verdugo and Yoshi and Casas to just carry their fair share of the load, you uh, you got a good chance to win. Yeah, I lose two out of three last weekend in Chicago against the god awful White Sox. Come home and just get Fenway Park mopped with your face by the Marlins. Ten one six two two nothing. Just awful baseball. And then you go up there and. You eat Toronto's lunch. Uh, it's it's and Toronto is supposed to have the beer league softball lineup of the century. T- James Paxton was lights out again Friday night, and there we were yep. thinking like, oh, that injury may linger. He could be out for a while. Instead, comes in Friday night, gives you seven and two thirds, only two walks, three hits, seven strikeouts, absolutely awesome. And then Caleb Ort is the one who came in and cleaned things up in the ninth. You know, I've heard that they might trade Chris Martin. You could trade James Paxton. They could get a bunch of pieces for the future. Okay, but also, like, 
don't we need something to watch and listen to in August and September? Because if they deal away all these pieces and say, all right, bridge year accomplished, we're still semi-competitive, we might nip at the heels of that third wild card spot, but what a team we're going to be next year. How many more seasons of this can we go through? Well, I mean, that's a uh, longer discussion than we probably have in this segment. But, no, and you'd also, you mentioned it earlier, Bayo. You're going to have Bayo to invest in. He's mm-hmm. becoming sort of every five days, watch him pitch, get excited about the present, but also the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devers is on the uptick, hit a bomb last night. I think his average is up like 20 points in the last 10 days or so. So, one, you know, some of us have been complaining about the power numbers are there, but you're not really that $300 million bat. He's on the uptick, Verdugo. Um, although that was a terrible decision last night. That guy was out by 12 20 feet, feet the ball. Like, and, and I know it got close on one of those tag situations, like, oh, mm-hmm. did he actually make the tag? But the ball beat him there by an absolute mile. Um, you and know, he, you and hope the maybe... stop sign was up. You heard Fleming on the broadcast say, like, he ran through the stop sign. So it wasn't like uh, a send him in Wendell Kim kind of thing. Like, Bo right. Bichette was just determined to, like, be the hero and tie the game. Bad and I kind of like it. I kind of like no, it. Like, I like aggressive... I I like make the other team make a play. Now, of course, my mentality is based on Little League and Pony League coaching, not as much as uh, Major League coaching where the guy can throw and the guy can catch. But um, I like being aggressive in all sports. And, yeah, it bit them in the butt. But especially you're a little bit scuffling if you're the Blue Jays. Maybe you get a win in that situation. Maybe that's the ignition that kickstarts you moving forward. Um, But, yeah, in hindsight, yeah, he definitely should have stopped because he was out by a mile. Yeah, I mean, Jansen gave up three hits in a run. He had three strikeouts and an inning in a third, but like, I, you have a much better chance of winning that game, at least tying that game, if not winning it, if he doesn't run through because they could be rattled, momentum's on your side. But they made the decision they did. The Red Sox get the win, and the roller coaster season continues. We will keep you up to date, as always, here on Fitzy and Hart and WEEI with the latest moves, victories, losses, and so much more. Make sure you follow us at WEEI and visit WEEI.com frequently for the latest Red Sox news. 617-779-7937 is your number. First hour in the books. When we come back, let's talk some basketball and how crazy the contracts have gotten and how things look for the Celtics with the addition of Porzingis and how much more difficult the Eastern Conference may get if someone makes their way from the West Coast down to South Beach. It's Fitzy and Hart, Sunday, WEEI.